brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Come get some. Okay, I'm not sure where you're going with that. That's Army of Darkness. Oh, right. Yeah. I've only seen parts of that movie. It's a good one. So uh we've had a lot of requests, and mm-hmm. I mean a lot of requests for us to cover a couple of different topics. And uh, we already talked once about the iPhone 4. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about the operating system that exists on top of the iPhone 4, mm-hmm. iOS 4. Actually, uh, it also works on some, but not all, of Apple's other devices as well. Right. Um, actually, and it doesn't work the same way on all of Apple's other devices, which makes it kind of complicated. But let's, let's we can start, get into that in a minute. Let's start with the iOS thing. That's new. Right. Yes, it used to be the iPhone OS. Right. But um, of course, it also operated the iPod Touch. Right. And, um, just recently, of course, with the launch of the iPad, uh, it is the operating system for that device as well. So I guess they decided that they should make it the iOS. And uh, Which, I'm glad they haven't gone back to using the version of its old, old, old pre-Macintosh operating system, Applesauce. Yeah. It's also the fact that they've changed the name to iOS. I mean, first yeah. of all, to me, that just makes sense because like yeah. you pointed out, it's running on, it's, it's powering multiple devices, not just the iPhone. Yes. So to call it the iPhone OS is not really that accurate. Uh, but it also has raised some rumors mm-hmm. that perhaps this is the future of the Apple operating system and that they will slowly back away from the Mac OS operating system. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that really happening necessarily, at least not completely, because I think there's always going to be at least a little demand for a full-fledged macOS system, unless the iOS gets so sophisticated that it can do practically everything that macOS can do already. Um, I just don't see that happening uh, just from the the media editing uh, uh, industry alone would probably flip out. Well, think of it this way. The uh, Google Chrome operating system that will be powering netbooks in the not-too-distant future is not really intended to be a main operating system either. And yet is also more sophisticated than the Android operating system, mm -hmm. which is what is operating on handheld devices. Yeah. So I... I, I, So, sorry. No, no, But I do think think that uh, while... uh, And and it's in the same vein, that Apple does not really intend this to be a full-fledged, heavy-duty, let's-run-63-programs-on-it-at-once type operating system. Right. So let's talk a little bit about iOS 4 and okay. what, what makes it special. Uh, and we, we just kind of touched on one, uh, multitasking. Yes. That's well, actually a big one. Yes, limited multitasking. Yes, it is limited multitasking. It is not, un, you know, you can't run as many uh, applications as you want in the background all at the same time. And you can't even run every sort of application in the background. It's uh, I think there were like seven different main types of applications that Apple said you would be able to to run as background applications. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, um, it's, it sort of depends. Now, of course, the Apple applications have always been a little bit more multitasking friendly, even, even before uh, the advent of iOS 4. Right. Um, you could, for example, play a song 
on an, you know, the iPod app and then change to something else and you'd still get to hear your music. But if you wanted to try that with, say, Pandora, you know, as a third party application, as soon as you, uh, decide to go check your mail or, uh, use Safari or some other application, it would, uh, drop off. Right, yeah. So now they're allowing third-party applications to take advantage of this, as long as they fall within seven different app services. And I've actually got them up here. So it includes <coughs> audio, uh, VoIP, um, push notifications, local notifications, task completion, and fast app switching. Mm-hmm. As long as it falls within one of those um those categories, then um, it can run in the background. If it's outside of those, then it it still will not run in the background. And yeah. uh, and you have a limit on how many you can run at one time, I believe, as well. Right. And uh, if you're hoping that uh, you'll be able to have these applications work across, uh, you know, as you're using the entire operating system, um, they're not really going to be able to do that, nor will you be able to uh, uh, have one application uh, receiving push notifications while you're running another application. It's just not going to, to get updates like that. It's just not intended to do that. And the reason that, that Apple didn't want to use uh, multitasking in the first place was because uh, the company was concerned about battery life um, and just the idea of uh, having all that stuff running at one time um, bogging down the system. They wanted it to be a nice, fast user experience. Um, but at the same time, they've taken a lot of flack for, from a lot of people for not offering multitasking as an option. So this is sort of, I guess this is sort of a, a compromise, if you will, that the company is offering. Um, and I also should say that uh, a lot of my the information that I did when I was researching was uh, came from Ars Technica, which did an excellent breakdown of the iOS uh, in addition to you know the Apple website's information. So... Um, Thanks and kudos to them. Yeah. Whereas I, I got a lot of my information from a, a CNET full breakdown on the OS. So again, uh, they did a lot of the work for us. We're just really kind of reporting on it and commenting on it. Um, but that's probably mostly because neither, uh, as far as I know, Chris, you don't, you aren't, you don't own anything currently running the OS 4. Yeah, that's uh, actually, if you want to get into the, uh, maybe a good segue for uh, the devices that can and will run the iOS 4. Yes, please. Uh, I own a first generation iPod Touch, which does Sucker. not. Yeah, it's With, the very uh, first. Chris, I'm, I'm curious. Only one. Uh, how how long after you bought it did the second generation come out? Uh, that was about six weeks, Jonathan. Yeah, actually. six weeks, huh? Yeah, Couldn't six wait. Weeks. Yeah. Well, I got it as a as part of the you know every fall Apple does the uh, education deal where if you buy a Mac, you can get a free iPod or yeah I, what you really get is a credit which is about the same amount. So I used it then and you know when I went back to school a couple of years ago and that's right. when I did it. And then six weeks later, which is why I think it's actually a clearing house. Right, like, hey, right. Let's just, get rid of the old stuff. We need to get rid of this old stock so we can make room for the new stuff. The other device I have that will run the iOS four. Doesn't have it yet. Well, that's the iPad. Yeah, that will uh, they'll be getting it later this year. It. Right. This year being 2010, in case you're yeah. from the future and listening to old podcasts. And we do get that sometimes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hello to our future listeners. So we anyway. hope we hope all our meals are in pill form and that we fly in cars. But it probably isn't going to happen. So anyway, yeah, the second generation and third generation iPod Touch will run the iOS 4. And uh, any of the generations of iPad after, you know, starting this fall, will be able to do that. Um, the iPhone, um, that's a little trickier. I think, uh, you know, the iPhone 3G and 3GS will run a version of iOS 4. Of course, the uh, iPhone 4 will. 
yeah. without any problems. Yeah, for the iPhone 4, it's the native operating system. For uh, the iPhone 3G and iPhone 3GS, you have to up Update your. You have to upgrade your phone. Uh, you have to sync it and upgrade the uh, operating system, which uh, in some cases reportedly has been a fairly painless process. It takes like fifteen mm-hmm. minutes, but I've I've read of other cases where it's taken hours and hours to upgrade the operating system. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I can tell, there's no real uh, defining factor that differentiates those. Although I did, from what I understand, a lot of the 3GS owners had fewer problems than the 3G owners. So mm-hmm. it may just be that the older the, your hardware is, the longer it's going to take for it to upgrade. Um, I don't know that for a fact because I don't. I am not currently running anything that's running iOS 4. I do have one device that can run it, which is, uh, it's actually not mine. Mm-hmm. It's my wife's iPod Touch. Um, I see. But I have not upgraded it yet. I just haven't sat down to do it. Right. Um, but yes, so that's a good good point, that there are these various devices that can run the iOS 4. Not all of them are going to have the same um, experience. And a lot of that has to do with the the hardware, the, the actual uh, uh, abilities of that hardware, you know, the kind of processors that they have and the batteries that they have. Um, Apple does not want the user experience to suffer. So mm-hmm. certain devices have various features turned off. Like not all of them can multitask, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other ones that we can talk about too. In fact, there's some that are only uh, native to the iPhone 4. Right. Uh, it may eventually come out for other devices, but the current generation of devices uh, cannot access those features. So let's talk about some of the other ones, though. Uh, some of the other features of iOS 4. The other features? Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, uh, Mail has uh, some new features. Yeah. Um, maybe less exciting if you don't use uh, the Mail feature on your um, on your device very much. But uh, there is threading now, which I think is a very useful feature. Uh, also, unified inbox. Um, so if you like, if yes. you have several uh, email accounts and you want to uh, combine them all into one inbox, um, which sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Um, you know, you can do that, and apparently, it has a, a little more support for on for the um, uh, exchange server. Yeah, you can actually have multiple exchange accounts. Um, you can access multiple exchange accounts from one device now, mm-hmm. which is is kind of cool. If you if you're running, let's say you're running a business, and because uh, you know some people ask, why would you have multiple exchange accounts? Well, let's say I'm running my own small business, and I have one email address for say sales orders and another email address for product support. Right. Then I would want. I might want to be able to access both in the same view as opposed to having to check one, close it, open up a separate uh, client to, to check the second one, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing uh, uh, probably uh, more popular with iPad users is uh, the Bluetooth keyboard support. Yes. Uh, which, <laughs> which, um, which is kind of the only way I can see myself buying an iPad. I still haven't done it. I don't. As beautiful as Chris's iPad is, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's within my my sight right now. Um, I still have not portable. felt the need to buy one. Yep, yep. Um, let's see, let's see. What home screen cu- customization. Oh yes, you yeah. Can you can do your that home before. Screen. Nope, but now you can. Um, and not on all of the devices either. <laughs> it's, 
But on, on certain devices, yes, you can customize the home screen. You can also create uh, folders on the home screen. Oh, right. That's one. Uh, yeah, you can group applications into folders. Yeah. Although you're limited in to, as, as to the number of applications you can do that with. Yeah, I think it's up to 12 per folder or something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's correct. So let's say that you have a whole bunch of games, for example, and you don't want all those games cluttering up your home screen or you don't want to have like, you don't want to have to scroll through like five or six home screens in order to find a particular application. You could group all those games into one folder for games and then you click on the folder and then that would allow you to choose the individual individual game you're interested in mm-hmm. without you know so it, so it makes a one click into a two click and apple hates to to add clicks to stuff if they can avoid yeah. it yep. but when it comes to organizing it does make it easier yeah that's true um the camera uh for the devices that have cameras now have digital zoom right that's true they do um and uh, as a matter of fact speaking of that um you can use uh the faces feature uh, in iPhoto, if you have a, a Mac computer, um, it will, which basically helps you, it has face recognition. Um, the iOS 4 will also allow you to uh, uh, identify people, certain people in photos. So if I have uh, a bunch of folders with pictures of Jonathan in different, uh, you know, different events, for example, I could say, I want to see just pictures of Jonathan, and it would bring them all together where I could actually do that. Um, and you can also do that on, uh, as far as geotagging, too, because if you've taken, if you have photos that have been tagged by location, um, it will allow you to, uh, to identify, say, you know, pictures of Detroit. Um, you would be able to, uh, Out of you'd be able to do that. all the cities you had to pick Detroit. I'm needling you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's, that's sort of nice too, because if you, if you're somebody who has a lot of photos on the different devices, um, and I'm not somebody who takes a lot of pictures with my phone, but I know lots and lots of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some, uh, some nice features that might be useful to you in that regard. Yep. You can also, uh, search text messages now. The same way you could search email before. That's so a very you, good thing. Yeah, when you go into text messages, if you if you're one of those people who have issued talking on the phone for texting, which um, seems to be happening more and more often. Yeah, I'm doing it more often. Actually, I found that the thing that the the deciding factor for me was adopting a phone that had a keyboard. Really, as opposed to having you know the numeric pad, because mm-hmm. with a numeric pad, texting is a bit of a chore. Mm-hmm. When there's a keyboard, whether it's on screen or it's a physical keyboard. In my case, it's a physical keyboard because I don't have an iPhone. I've got the Android phone. Right. But uh, either way, it just makes texting easier. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, you know, I'm old. I don't, I didn't adopt texting like the like, like the kids do. Get off my lawn! Um, but now you can you can search those texts, which is great because if mm-hmm. you remember, hey, you know, so and so texted me like the other day, uh, what time the movie was, uh, and you don't want to have to search through thirty or forty texts to find it. Uh, it's a good way of. of Zeroing in on that information. They also have a universal search feature. Oh, yeah. Which uh, allows you to search the web or uh, Wikipedia, in fact, for information about specific topics. It's just a, a little universal search. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that makes uh, finding specific information a lot faster than it used to be. You don't have to you know go into Safari or whatever to be able to, to activate it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> a little bit uh, related to... The uh, 
the folders situation is you you can now use uh, create your own playlists, which you kind of mm-hmm. could before with the on the go. But um, I think they've revamped the ability to do that a little bit and refined it so that you have more control over the playlist. Well, you also um, don't have to go through iTunes anymore. Well, you could create an on the go thing with it with an old iPod because. Well, you know, my yeah, my yeah. 4G iPod, uh, which by the way still works, black and white screen, scroll wheel. Uh, you could create a playlist with that, but you basically, you know, it, it would call it on the go playlist, and you didn't, you know, it was pretty limited to what you could do. But you could add stuff on on the, you know, on the fly. I'll use on the go again. But now you have a lot more control over it. You can you can name them. You can edit the playlists uh, right there on the device, and uh, you have a lot more freedom with with regard to what you can do there um ibooks yep also is uh coming to these smaller devices not just the ipad right um i could say using it on the ipad is is nice because it's it's got a larger screen i'm not sure that i would be using ibooks much uh were i able to do that on my uh ipod touch just because the screen is so small um you know i like to do more reading on the screen real estate. I mean, there, I do but. know people who use their i, I who have sure. been using their iPhones and iPods with the uh, the Kindle app. Oh yeah, to read yeah. stuff. So and Stanza would, too, which yeah. is an excellent uh, freeware app. So there. for people like that, it would you know iBooks is probably a welcome feature. Uh, then there's uh, there's iMovies, which is really for the iPhone four, mm-hmm. but it's part of iOS four. Right. Um, yeah. But iMovies allows you to actually do some minor uh, media editing on your iPhone. So when you're capturing video from your iPhone, uh, you can actually after after you've captured it, you can you can snip off the beginning or end or mm-hmm. insert even transitions and stuff like that, um, which is kind of cool. It's it's certainly a much more scaled down version of media editing software than you would find on a full desktop. I mean, obviously you, you wouldn't expect to find anything really sophisticated on it. But it allows you to, you know, if you're going to make a, a quick video and upload it to YouTube, it allows you to, to cut the dead space out of it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's actually a, it's actually iMovie singular. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. But, my, uh, my bad. <laughs> uh, well, somebody will write in. So um, That's true. <laughs> but They uh, still will because yeah. they paused it. Yeah, I'm sure they probably did. But thank you. But yeah, it's a, it's a version, uh, basically a really uh, scaled down version of the one that you would see for the Mac. That's uh, part of the iLife suite. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, spell checking. Yes. Uh, I know. You're saying spell checking. you got to be kidding me. No. Um, if, if you, you want to turn don't use... off the automated suggestions so that you don't send people nonsense messages that can, can sometimes be really, really embarrassing, spell check is a great feature. Yes. Because I've seen some messages from people who use their iPhone and they had the automated... Uh, you know the the suggestion thing going because mm-hmm. you know you're using that touchscreen keyboard. So sometimes you know you fat finger <laughs> a couple of buttons and then the iPhone or iPod Touch or whatever suggests the spelling for whatever word you're trying to spell and you accidentally select it and it turns out it wasn't the word at all. Or even better, what happens more often with me is I type in a word and um, I the the iPhone OS, which is what I'm still running, um, will suggest another word that has the same, you know, it, it has essentially the same letters as the beginning, and will go ahead and auto complete it for you. And it wasn't the word I meant to do at all. Now, on the other hand, the way it's done now, if you want to type "I'm" and you want to skip the apostrophe, you can just type "I am," and it will go ahead and do that. Of course, right. if you wanted to type "I'll I am you later." 
yeah. then you have to go back. You either have to uh, click the or tap the X thing. No, I don't want to use that. Or uh, go back and a- manually enter the apostrophe yourself. Um, the new version of Spellcheck doesn't do that. Uh, it, it does what uh, Microsoft Word and so many other word processors do now and underlines it in red, basically saying, are you sure this is the word, the you, word mean. you mean? Yeah. And it will give you, if you tap it, it will give you other options. So it will not automatically yeah, you uh, complete, complete things thing. for you yeah. and, and try to respell things um, a different way. There's also a, a dedicated birthday calendar. Really? Yep. I didn't see that anywhere. Yeah, there's a dedicated. You can keep track of upcoming. This is from CNET. You can keep track of upcoming birthdays with a designated calendar. It's accessible directly from the main calendar option. That so you can like have a quote. separate birthday. Uh, that's why I said it. it comes directly from CNET. <laughs> that's why I quoted it. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, the that that's kind of a useful feature if you want to have one calendar just for things like appointments and that kind of stuff. Your yeah, schedule, sure. and you don't want it to be filled with stuff like you know, as well as stuff as like Bob's birthday. Uh, I can see the usefulness of having a separate birthday calendar. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I thought was neat with iOS 4 is that you can send apps as gifts to other Apple customers. Yes. So you can you can purchase it, let's say that you absolutely love this one app and you want to send it like it's you know you, it's maybe it's a I don't know Plants vs Zombies or a How Stuff Works app. You think, "Hey, my buddy Bob would love this." There's a, there's Bob again. We mm-hmm. talk about Bob a lot. Um well, he was such an important part of Microsoft's history. Yeah, and yet now he's using Apple products for some reason. Um, but Bob would love this. I'm going to buy this app and send it to him mm-hmm. as a present. You can do that now, which is pretty cool. Yep, that's a very, very Supported nice feature. Supported within actually. iOS 4. Yeah, as opposed to telling Bob that it's an awesome thing and then giving Bob an iTunes you know, gift card or something so that Bob can get it for himself. Because yeah. we know that Bob's lazy and he's never going to get around to it, so it's much better to do it this way. Oh, Jonathan. Look, Bob did not come to my birthday party. So he okay. and I have right. – he and I – things are cold between me and Bob right now. I understand. I understand how that works. All right. Wow. Uh, there's going to other... be – later this year, there's going to be a game center. Really? Coming. Yeah, as part of iOS 4. Yeah, it's a uh, – it's going to have uh, social gaming network type features in it. Oh, um, it's going to give you the ability to invite people to play games with you. It's going to have leaderboards, um, that kind of stuff. A lot of the stuff that you see in, in things like Xbox Live, mm-hmm. the whole idea about leaderboards and achievements, things like that, that's going to come to the iPhone, which uh, – or iOS 4, rather, which is phenomenal because – I could tell you as a as someone who now has an Xbox 360, achievements are like crack cocaine. <laughs> you get an achievement in a game and then you're thinking, hey, that's kind of cool. And you get rewarded by points, um, which really just kind of become bragging rights. But it gives you the incentive to try and hunt out the other achievements and earn them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like earning badges. Oh, okay. it's, a cool, it's a cool little uh, incentive. So, well, it's sort of like a social network then. Yeah, it's it's another way for for people to kind of interact within within using games. So before in order for that to work, um, they actually have to have that baked into the software, right? Yeah. So like yeah. an existing app will not instantly be able to connect. No, you'd have to you'd have to get like maybe an update to yeah. the existing apps, and you'd have to update your your applications in order to implement that new feature. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of developers are already looking at. The, the applications they've already developed that are already in the iTunes store mm-hmm. and saying, well, how can I adjust these to incorporate these new features? Because uh, you know, it, 
it'll it's just one of those things where um uh, you know you you could just not touch them and the apps will still work just fine it's just they won't be as robust as some of the new stuff that's taking advantage of these these new capabilities right right well they uh that's one of the the big stories that's probably not as interesting to the mainstream consumer is that uh apple has released a number of new apis um which are uh programming interfaces for the uh uh, for developers to use, and it basically gives them a lot of uh, technology they can use to access functionality in the operating system that they wouldn't have before. Uh, one that is going to matter more, I think, to the uh, to the consumer is iAds, um, yeah. which is their advertising platform. Um, and what that's going to do is probably for most people going to reduce the cost of some of the software, right. uh, some of the applications. Uh, may be offered now for free or for uh, less than they would have beforehand because it's going to be um, it's going to offer the developer a source of incremental revenue. It's going to give them an opportunity to make a little bit more money than they would have otherwise because they're going to have advertising along with the game or the other application that they're running. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to find that irritating. Right. Uh, to have advertising mixed in with that. And I've, I've seen on some of the discussion boards about it, I've seen Android fans uh, laughing uh, about it, and I'm thinking they shouldn't oh. laugh too hard because Google is all about advertising. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's. I yeah. think once this becomes the, the, the mainstream thing, well, I mean, um, and it's Google, going to, we know that Google's interested in that too because oh, sure. Google snapped up a few mobile advertising companies already. So it's <laughs> out, yeah. from un, out from under Apple's nose. Exactly. As a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and um, I'm an Android fan. Don't get me wrong, but I have no. <laughs> I have no illusions about where we're headed. Oh, I, I and I don't think it's limited either to those two platforms. I think that's it's going to become more common. Although, it will also give people an opportunity to access more applications than they would they might necessarily have been willing to pay for. You know, now that it's going to be subsidized at least partially with advertising, I think you know it'll just sort of open the doors a little bit more, and will also foster more development uh, if developers feel like they can make some more. Moolah. Well, and and it's also opening up new problems for Apple, and that in mm-hmm. the sense that this is this specifically relates back to the iPhone four, but uh, the whole geolocation aspect where you can target ads based on someone's location. So, let's say that uh, that our friend Bob over there who likes that app so much, let's say he also happens to have a particular shoe store, and he mm-hmm. wants to advertise to iPhone users who are living in the general area of where his store is. Um, because the way iOS 4 works and the way the iPhone 4 works, and the fact that Apple is constantly keeping track of where you are, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, you could theoretically purchase targeted ads to people within that area who mm-hmm. are Apple customers, uh, which sounds great for business owners. But for iPhone users, it's kind of scary because now you're thinking, wait a minute. What do you mean that Apple is tracking me wherever I go? There's yeah. no way to turn this stuff off so that Apple doesn't know where I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's actually become a, a, a pretty big uh Issue within the the whole technology sector right now is the fact that is Apple is what Apple is that policy even legal mm-hmm. for Apple to to follow it where they are essentially keeping track of you through geolocation data on your iPhone device your iPhone four let's be specific right um, but 
you know, that's that's unfolding as we record this. In fact, by the time this podcast goes live, I'm sure there'll be more information about it. And we may in, end up doing a more thorough podcast, not just about the iPhone 4, because Apple's not the only company that's looking into this. Yeah. Again, Google has very similar issues. Yes. Um, we might actually have to do another, yet another privacy podcast, but we'll talk more about privacy and geolocation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a much more specific topic than, say, Facebook privacy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I've, I've seen some seen some basic reviews of iOS 4 um, and some more thorough ones, like the Ars Technica one I mentioned earlier. Um, and for the most part, people seem to be pretty pleased. I would say that most people say that it's been a very, very good evolutionary step. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily revolutionary, and that some of the advancements like multitasking probably don't go quite as far as some would like them to go. Oh, sure. But you know, you got to remember that Apple's balancing out not just the functions, but the experience and especially battery life. Yeah, they want to make sure that you know they don't sacrifice battery life just so that you can run more applications in the background. Um, well, that's that's one of the things that people, uh, you know, decry about Apple is how it's a closed system. Right. And Apple does keep quite a bit of control over their devices, but they can also um, use that to improve their the uh, experiences of their customers. They may not always use that to improve the right. experience. Of they their might customers. be using it for other reasons, but right. But you know. in in this in this case, at least Apple has said that its intention is to maximize battery life and to keep it from being a problem for people. And um, you know, well, speaking as someone know. who owns a phone who, that the battery does rarely last longer than a full day's use. In fact, usually I have to charge it at least once throughout the day in order to maintain that use through for the whole day. Uh, I can certainly appreciate the notion that they want to extend battery life as long as possible. To be fair, though, how long have you had that that uh, HTC G1 coming up on two years? So yeah, which is about. When, uh, in my experience, the lifetime of a phone battery starts to go down to even on about day 25%. one, though. <laughs> the, the thing about it is that the more features you turn on, the faster it drains the battery. No surprise there. So, so that's, when you have that's your GPS why. turned on, yeah, GPS and Wi-Fi and 3G and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly why I, Apple wants to be able to control that experience to a le- a, a certain level. Level. Good lord, I need. <laughs> Well, I almost got all the way through without completely stumbling over myself. Well, um, one problem that our uh, Tech Stuff listeners have had with iOS 4... Um, on certain devices, On anyway. certain devices is a uh, <laughs> likelihood that you won't be able to listen to Tech Stuff. Yeah, that actually, or any How Stuff Works podcast, for that matter. And it's not it's not limited to just the How Stuff Works podcast, either. I, I've seen from the research I've done online, it's not all podcasts from the iTunes store. It's it looks like certain it's, podcasts, it, and apparently it clears up if you actually download the podcast to your computer and then sync the yeah, device. Yeah, it looks like it's a syncing issue. Like, if you're trying to get the podcast directly to your device without syncing your, your device to your computer, then you run into the problem, but if you download it to the computer first and then sync it, it seems to work fine. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, and by the time this podcast goes live, that may not even be an issue anymore. Yeah, but it's it's but, pretty strange. Yeah, yeah I, strange. I don't know why. Um, somebody thought we actually uh, changed the format. I'm like, nope, it's an MP3. I'm yeah, pretty it's sure. Stayed the same as so uh, same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. But I wonder why it's only on some and not on others. It's yeah, one of those things. Like all bug. I guess. We're still taking a look at it. Well, that wraps up our discussion on iOS four. Hope you enjoyed this companion podcast to the iPhone four podcast. And uh, if you have any questions whether it's Apple-related or not, please let it be not. You can write us. Our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com, and Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. TechStuffHSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new TechStuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?